but you just look in, Jesus, I love you. I love you. And you might say, Jesus, I don't feel you right now, but I know you're here and I believe and I love you. And you'll start to experience that power and that grace. So the Life in the Spirit seminar, we begin with worship because we've all come into this room with things in our minds and hearts. Praise and worship, music, is a gift. And when you worship in community of faith, of believers, when we worship together, we're helping each other climb the mountain of intimacy. Worship is like climbing a mountain. You know, I'm climbing the mountain. I don't like run up to the top of the mountain and say, ha ha, beat you all there. When I climb the mountain, I'm looking back and saying, okay, I got to help this brother. I got to help this sister. I don't just run up the mountain because of me. I'm focused on my brothers and sisters. You are worshiping. When one of you in here chooses to look at Jesus and say, I love you, it affects me and everyone else in here. And not just us here, but it affects the whole universal church. So your worship is not disconnected from the rest of the body of Christ in here. You're a member of that body. You know, if, if, I, if I inject vitamins into my finger, it's going to eventually get into my whole body. So what one of you do allows the Lord to flow love into you out to the rest of the body. And so it's important that we all focus upon Him and love Him with a passionate heart. You know, I just, I, I always get amazed that you know, we can go to football games and we can turn on the football game and everyone cheers and everyone screams. But for some reason, when we come into church, it's like, you know, we, we feel like we can't express our hearts. We can have that rigid, false religiosity that comes over us where we start to, we start to um, just tighten up. You know, it's funny, like we're in here, we worship the Lamb of God, and yeah, there's a place for that reverence and love, but for someone, reverence might be sitting on the floor and just saying, I want to be close to you, Jesus. For another, it might be laying prostrate. For another, it might be standing and raising their hands. It's not for us to judge how God wants to touch and, and how we each love Him in different ways. And so we, we just be open to how God's inviting you to worship Him. You know, and I'd encourage you, open your hands to Him. When you're sitting there in the chair and we bring Jesus out in the Eucharist, just put your hands open like this on your lap and just say, Lord, I love you. I receive your love. I receive your love. And his love starts to soak like that sponge. He starts to soak. And then that love starts to soak and touch your neighbor and someone in Poland and Germany and Australia and Africa. Those people over there are getting touched because of you and I here tonight. We touch, we allow God to touch the whole of humanity. One of us choose to just look at him and say, I love you. And so, again, life in the spirit. What is this about that we're here? Why are we here for this life in the spirit? So I said we began with that praise time, kind of explained that a bit. But life in the spirit... It's exactly what it means. It means to put your life and soak it in the Spirit of God. God's Spirit's in this room. He's present here. He's in your souls. You received Him at baptism and confirmation. God the Holy Spirit lives in us. Do you not know, as I said in the beginning, your temples are the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. Okay? But at times, the graces we received at baptism and confirmation are blocked. 
or they're not being fully released for whatever the reason. Unforgiveness, you know, um, towards self, toward others. We don't even always know why we don't let the Holy Spirit move more powerfully in us. And the, one of the roles the Holy Spirit's going to do in this, in this seminar is He's going to help you and I to see what's blocking Him from being released so that our life can be immersed in the Spirit, that we can walk in the Holy Spirit. We can live in the anointing. And those, again, those handouts that I gave you, I want you to take time. Um, this, this, you know, each month we're going to do this, right? We're going to do this each month. This is the first month. Next month is salvation, um, and then it goes on and on, and you can see that in those sheets there. But take time to read. Each, um, each seminar, that we give you a handout, and that handout has at the bottom scripture verses and catechism quotes, and it has a little teaching above it. So seminar one, God's love, has a little reflection, and then it has like a number, I think eight catechism and eight scripture quotes. And so you can take two a week, and when you finish those, then you'll come back for the second session. And again, that's it's kind of like your, your, your homework. It's your spiritual homework to do that and to, and to keep praying. Just say simple words, come Holy Spirit. Just keep inviting Him throughout your day. Simple words on your lips, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Just invite Him again and again and again. All day long, simple words, come Holy Spirit. Three words, come Holy Spirit. Just say that all day long. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And, and He's going to work in power. As I said, He's going to bring healing and deliverance and freedom to you. You're all going to experience it. On the fifth week, which is May 17th, I'm going to invite, I don't know, 10 priests or so. And we're going to lay hands on everyone that night. And we're going to have Pentecost. We're going to have Pentecost. We're just going to receive the power. So this time, these four weeks up to that fifth week are going to be times to prepare for that transformation that's going to happen to us. And this has nothing to do with you. Again, it's Him. He promised it. Amen? He promised this. It's not like you plug and chug an equation. Okay, now I get the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit want so bad to get into our messiness. The Holy Spirit loves stinky, messy hearts. That's why we call him the sanctifier, the consoler, the comforter, the healer, the paraclete. He wants to get into our stinky areas, into our areas where we don't know we're loved and we hide or we're afraid. And he's going to come there and he's going to transform that area. He's going to pour his love and healing into that area, whatever it be for each of us. We all have it. I have it. You have it. We all have it. So please come into these doors, as I said in the beginning, with a heart open to be evangelized. Are you willing to be evangelized? Are you willing to hear the gospel with fresh ears? So God is going to prepare you for that day. The apostles, think about it. When Pentecost happened, they were different. They didn't leave the same way they came. Jesus said, go and wait for me. Or go and wait for the, 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 the paraclete. Go and wait for the Holy Spirit, the gift, the promise of the Father. Go wait for the Holy Spirit. So they just did what he said. 
They went and waited. These four weeks of worship and praise, it's time that we're waiting in the upper room. If you imagine, this is the upper room. And God is looking at our hearts as we give him access. And, and then on that day of Pentecost, on that May, May 17th that will be here in May, when we're prayed over, he's going to come in power. And he's going to transform and touch. And he's going to, again, fill those areas in your lives where you need to be filled and touched and healed. And so, again, that, that handout is an important part. Because in that handout, again, I want to stress, there's scripture verses and there's catechism quotes. You can do two a week. Don't rush them. And I explain in there how to pray the scriptures. It's very simple, very clearly explained. And if you didn't get one, wait at the end and I'll print one out. I'll print a bunch out, okay? So, this is important that we let the Lord move in our lives. But it's again a choice for each of us to make. We come with open hearts to His love as He loves us. So, Jesus, the Son of God, was sent by the Father. Okay, let's just look at this basic, basic gospel message. We as a humanity are fallen and broken. We're stuck. Can anyone here rise from the dead? No. None of you can rise from the dead. You and I have a debt that we cannot pay. Think about it. Sin is what? An offense against God who is infinite. An offense against an infinite God requires an infinite payment back. You and I have a debt that we cannot pay. Sin incurs a debt. You know, have anyone ever been in debt? I'm sure everyone, right, could raise their hands on that. We've all been in debt, right? You know what it feels like to, to be in debt? Imagine being in debt and never having anyone that could pay it off. Imagine if we collected all the money in the world and it wasn't enough to pay for one person's debt. How would you feel that if you always had that heavy weight on your shoulders? We have a spiritual debt because of our sin that cannot be paid. Because it's not that we, we, we don't like trying, because a lot of us try to pay our own debt. But Jesus is the only one who's infinite to give back to the Father what's due to Him. So when you, you and I sin, we offend infinite love. Infinite love requires an infinite repayment. Well, the only way that we could be paid for is if God the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit looked down upon us as human beings... And they have this conversation in heaven and God says to the, the father says to the son, you know, Jesus, they're stuck. They can't pay for their debt. They can't make the jump from earth to heaven. They're stuck. They're hopeless. Without Jesus, we are hopeless. There's no way to get to heaven. No way. We're stuck. This is it. This is it. Without Christ, we are stuck. We have no hope for salvation without Jesus. So, Father and Son are having this conversation, and the Father says to the Son again, Lord, you know, Jesus, they're stuck. My Son, help them. Let's help them. And Jesus and the Father have this conversation, and Jesus says, yeah, Dad, I want to go. Send me. I want to go and help them. I want to go and, and, and save them. But how do I do that? And the Holy Spirit says, well, I can... Shrink you down <laughs> and take you and put you inside this woman's womb, the Virgin Mary. 
and you'll grow and have a human body and a human nature like, like them. And since you're the one, the word to whom they all came to be, what happens to you will happen to them. You're the word that made them. So when you go and you live in Mary's womb and you are born into this world, what, you, what happened to you will happen to them. And so they agree, right? And, and they don't agree. God didn't say, oh man, I gotta go down there with these crazy people. He didn't do it begrudgingly. Like, um, he's like, dra- Jesus didn't drag his feet like saying, I gotta go to earth, this stinks. He was excited to come to earth. He's love. And so love says to love, yes, I'll go, let me go, please let me go. And so God becomes man. And he lives, right? And he does healings. He speaks, he teaches, he preaches. People are drawn to Jesus. Sometimes they don't even know why. He walks by and come follow me. And they drop everything and follow him. It's like sometimes we're like, what happened there? He's coming into the room. And just being here in his presence, something's going to happen to you. And so the Lord came to earth and he lived and he died on the cross. And on that cross, he worked so hard. He's the only one that could work that hard to earn you and I the gift of mercy. If you could imagine the cross as Jesus' hard work for you. Imagine this. I, let's say I worked all year long because I wanted to buy one of you a gift. I had to work all year long to get enough money to buy you one gift. And I bought that gift for you and you never come and got it. How would I feel? Horrible. I spent my whole year working so I could buy you a gift because I love you so much. And yet, you never came and got it. Jesus spent his whole life working so that he could have enough to purchase you and I the greatest gift ever, mercy. So God is love and mercy. So Jesus pays for you and me. He gives the Father what you and I can't give him. Remember, infinite love, an offense against infinite love requires infinite love to be repaid. Jesus is infinite. He's God. So he pays the Father the love he deserves for all of humanity. Because he's the word through which you and I came to be. So that word, that all things came to be, every soul in here came to be through the eternal word, Jesus Christ. That word became flesh, lived among us, taught, healed, taught and performed miracles. He died on the cross. And because he made you and I, when he died, we died. When he rose, we rose. And then when he ascended to the Father, Pentecost is when Jesus embraced the Father in heaven. For 33 years, he was on earth. For the first time in 33 years, the Father and Son embrace again. And this time when the Son embraces the Father, he's embracing him with his humanity. The Father embraces the humanity of His Son, Jesus, and that warmth. If, you, if I hugged one of you, your, your body heat would, would warm my body. The Father's warmth 
started to press into Jesus' human body. And that's what the experience of Pentecost is. The apostles were waiting in the upper room and in the Father and Son embrace, the warmth of the Holy Spirit came into Jesus' body and because He was taking on a human nature, that Holy Spirit came upon all of humanity because He's the Word through which every one of you came to be. And so when you and I receive the Holy Spirit, guess what? You and I live the life of Jesus. We perform miracles in the name of Jesus. We deliver people from evil in the name of Jesus. We, we forgive people in the name of Jesus. We live. We work for the Father. We let Jesus continue His saving work through us. And then we also, in imitating our Lord, die. Remember, He died, we die. He rises, we rise. We die as He died. And then in dying, in faith, in Christ, we will rise and have a glorified body and be in heaven forever with the Father, Son, and Spirit to be wrapped in this mystery of love. So think about that as we begin this life in the Spirit. God's love for you. If you've ever bought someone a gift and they never came and got it, just think of that. He worked so hard on that cross so that he could win again that gift of mercy for us. Let's come and get it. That's why you're here, right? You want to get, you want to receive what Jesus has for you. That's why you're focused on him. He has a gift for you. The gift of his Holy Spirit is for you. The gift of his mercy is for you. The gift of his healing is for you. It's for us. He came to give it. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. So we're going to continue worship. And again, I've said a lot of things, but pay attention to your hearts. What's one thing you heard me say that you want to grow deeper in, that God's saying to you through me? What's one thing he said to you through me tonight, or through the music, or through the spontaneous prayer of praise, or through a scripture you might get, or an image you might get? What's one thing God's saying to you tonight that you can take into your heart? And let it grow. Remember Mary took him in and let him come to full term in her womb. God's word is in you and he wants to come to term in you and be born in you. We have to let him be born again and again and again. So life in the spirit. And in the back also, there's going to be a, there's a supplemental reading book we're going to um, offer. Um, you have to buy it. But if you want one, we put your name in the back on the sheet. It's called Sober Intoxication. It's a book by um, um, Father Canta La Mesa. He's the how, papal household preacher. He's filled with the Spirit. He's a very charismatic, Spirit-filled man of God. Um, and this book kind of, we, we divided the chapters up in a way that kind of go along with the Life in the Spirit seminar. And you can get it. We'll order them at Gloria Deo. We just need you to sign if you want one. And then next time, you can pick it up when, it, when they come in next time. And that's a great supplement as well. So again, as we worship God in spirit and truth here, as he's coming out to, to love us, um, look at him and say, I love you, Jesus. Remember your sponges. Just soak him in like a little child. Don't be afraid. 
to raise your hands, to put your hands out, to speak spontaneous thanks and praise to Him. Just try it. Now that's what happened to me when I went to college. I was in a community. I had no clue what the Holy Spirit even was. I just went because I went. I didn't know anybody. Showed up in the chapel one day and everyone's praising and worshiping God. And I'm like, these people are crazy. They're weird. I never saw this. I went to a Catholic church. I never saw someone raising their hands and praising God and kneeling and standing and singing out. I didn't see that growing up. But you know what? As I gave myself to that experience, I'm wearing a collar. Something happened to me, man. (laughs) Something happened to me. I was prayed over by a team of people. And the Holy Spirit, I kid you not, I was in a group and I'm sitting here and when the priest and the team got from me to Monsignor Dunn here, I started to feel in my spirit this power. And they got closer and closer and I just got more and more intense. And then when they laid hands on me, that was it. I was done. It was an I who no longer lived. It was Christ who began to live in me in a powerful way. The graces of my baptism and confirmation were released that night. And to this day, I love being a priest. I love sharing Jesus. I love being with you. I love worshiping Him. Turn off the old self. Put on the new self. Be a child here. Be free to be childlike and worship Him. Because again, um, that night we're going to pray over everyone. And invite people you know. Don't doubt the power of the Holy Spirit. Invite people you would never expect to come. And believe me, God loves those kind of people. Because He likes to knock them on their butt. (laughs) Those are the people that He will knock off the horse. And then they're going to be up here one day singing with the guitar. I'm serious. That's how it happens. Those who you don't think will come, grab them and bring them. Say, hey, you got to come to this. And just, just trust the Holy Spirit. You don't have to convince them. Just trust the Holy Spirit's going to bring them. He'll do His thing when they're here. God knows how to lure us as a lover. He lures us in. He knows how to do that. You don't got to worry. You just invite. You be the little envelope. You're like little envelopes. I'm just throwing you out into Omaha. And you're just going to invite people. And, and, we, and again, ablaze is worship is what we're doing, again, to set the world ablaze. But we can't set the world ablaze if we're not ablaze. And let's be honest, we all need to be refreshed in the Spirit every day. It's not just a one-time thing, like, oh, you know, that's it. Every day I need to be renewed and refreshed in the, in the power of the Spirit. So that's what I want you to think about. This isn't about, like, something you don't have. You have the Holy Spirit. You wouldn't be here. But He has more to give you and more to expose you to, more gifts to give you. He wants to teach you how to live and move in His Spirit, to walk in the anointing. There's an anointing that we walk in when we teach, when we preach, when we speak, when we love as a mom or a dad, when we go to work. The anointing wants to be upon us. You know, dripping, soaking you with the anointing. God has more for you. Please do not limit Him. Be childlike and radically give yourself to Him. So much so that it makes you really uncomfortable. If you start to feel uncomfortable, I would say praise God. Because that means you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And you're starting to then let Him be God. Because bottom line is a lot of us try to be God all the time. So God's God, we're not, bottom line. 
which means you can trust him because he's love. What does that mean? It means that God loves you not the way you might think he loves you. Let him teach you how he loves you. Don't presume you know how God loves you. Because a lot of times we have ideas about the Father's love and God's love for us that are wrong. We need to be open to letting him tell us. Ask him tonight. Jesus, tell me how you love me. Okay? So I'm going to ask Tom and the the worship team to play some music. And I'm going to bring Jesus out. So we're going to bring Jesus out. And again, um, feel free to sit to kneel to be as you are. So we're going to worship a little. Um, and we're going to leave some silence and some meditation time. Um, and encourage you to bring your journals. If you haven't brought one, bring one next time. Because as you're singing and worshiping, God might put a word on your heart. You might just write him a love letter while we're singing. Don't feel like you have to sing every song we're singing. You might feel like sitting there and just listening. That's okay. Whatever you feel the Lord's moving you, um, how he's moving you to worship. Remember, worship, I learned this from... Um, this cool priest called Father Francis, I learned this from him. His, uh, he says, worship isn't how much of God we get. Worship's how much God gets of you. Worship's not how much you get of God. Because God's giving himself all the time to you, 100%. Worship's how much God gets of you. So how much are you going to give him? And that's what life in the Spirit's about, giving more of yourself to the love of God. With the sinner's heart You lead us by still waters Into mercy And nothing can keep us apart